Breaches are on the rise, and when one occurs, organizations often hire an outside firm to help with breach resolution tasks. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm joined by Miriam Wogmeister, who chairs the Global Privacy and Data Security Group at Morrison Forster, a law firm with offices in 15 cities around the world. Welcome, Miriam. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, your organization experiences a significant breach. What type of help exists out there? There are lots of help actually out there if an organization experiences a breach. There are organizations, primarily law firms, who can help companies figure out what the laws are and what they need to do. But before you can figure out whether or not you have to give notice and what the laws require, you have to first figure out if there's been a breach and what might have occurred in the context of a breach. And often the first thing companies do is hire forensic organizations which come in and help companies figure out what has been breached, what data has been accessed, has any data been acquired, how do they plug the hole. Those things are really important to happen first. Often, you want that work to be done under attorney-client privilege. Frequently, companies retain a law firm, and then the law firm retains the forensic company to make sure that that information remains confidential. And why is attorney-client privilege important? Unfortunately, what happens is that organizations have a breach, they give notice, and frequently they then are sued in litigation. And if the litigation is anticipated, which one can anticipate often that there will be litigation following a breach, the very candid conversations you have about the complexities and vulnerabilities of your system are not things which you would want to have exposed in open court. You try and keep those discussions confidential while you work out remedying whatever the problem is. That's the first thing, forensics or and law firm, what would be the second? The first thing you've got to do is figure out what's the nature of the breach. What information was compromised? How do you fix the whole? Once you know who, what, when, why, where, right, the, the facts, you then work with frequently law firms to figure out, okay, I have this kind of data that was accessed in this particular way affecting individuals who live in these countries. Do I have an affirmative obligation to give notice? And that's really a legal question. And those questions are getting more and more complex because we have 48 states in the U.S. that have privacy laws. We have about 20 countries outside the U.S. that have privacy laws. And the the laws are not the same. What triggers the obligation to give notice is different. To whom notice has to be given is different. And what those notices have to say is different depending on country or state that's implicated. Many organizations definitely need some kind of outside help. And in addition to law firms, there are also organizations that can help you once you've decided that you do have an obligation to give notice to create the letters, to send the letters, to staff a call center, because many states require that you set up an 800 number that individuals can call to find out information about the breach. And also many organizations that experience a breach, particularly one involving credit card information or social security numbers, provide free credit monitoring. And so there are also organizations that can help with that. What would the last group be known as? Breach response organizations. What are the key steps to assure that investigations and resolution activities go smoothly? The first is you have to be very organized. Most organizations already have a breach response plan, so they know who are the key players within their organization that need to be involved following a breach. So those are fairly important documents and procedures to put in place because the time to figure out who's responsible and who has authority to hire one of these outside firms is not when the breach has happened. You really want that stuff squared away first. The other thing to remember is just because you bring in an outside firm to help you doesn't mean they can run the process for you. 
it's very important that there be someone within the organization that's responsible for ensuring that the investigation and the response process moves forward. Many companies, if they've had a significant breach, set up a daily call of all the key players. So every day at 10 o'clock, everybody gets on the phone to make sure that everyone is doing exactly what they need to do and everyone's fully briefed. Another key step is to keep a chronology. One of the things that's very important is that organizations need to show that they have taken the breach seriously and have acted diligently, trying to both resolve any breach of their systems and also move expeditiously to notify individuals or government authorities as the case may be. It's very important that somebody in the best specific lawyer actually keep the chronology of when covered and then all the steps that were taken to respond to that breach. And why is that important? That's important so that you can demonstrate that you responded appropriately and expeditiously to the breach. So this would help you in case of some kind of civil lit- litigation against you? Well, or also if, if a regulator asks you a question, all of the statutes say you need to provide notice as soon as reasonably practical, without undue delay. You know, they all have that kind of language in them, and you need to be able to demonstrate that you really did act without undue delay, and you really did give notice as soon as possible based on the facts that were presented at the time. Well, what other obligations would a client have? In many states and countries, you have an obligation to notify your regulator. So in New York State, you have to notify the attorney general. In New Jersey, you have to notify the state police. In Germany, you have to notify the data protection authority. And in some countries, you have to notify the data protection authority first before you notify individuals. In other places, you have to notify the individuals and then notify the state authorities. In addition to notifying individuals, there's an obligation to notify regulators. And there's also an obligation under U.S. law, under many of the states, if the breach is significant, to notify the credit bureaus. Is there certain ownership of that plan within an organization? Well, it depends how the privacy organization is set up, and it also depends in part on the nature of the breach. The plan usually is drafted sufficiently in a sufficiently flexible way to allow the right parties to be involved. So if a breach includes a physical break-in and theft of a server, that's different than if you have an Excel spreadsheet that was inadvertently mailed to the wrong person. Both can contain personal information in electronic form, but the ramification, you need physical security people involved in the first one, right? The one where your server's broken in. The police are probably going to get called. Your facilities people are going to be involved because it's a theft, it's a break-in, it's a property crime. The second one, where you have an inadvertent email with an Excel spreadsheet, is a different set of people that need to be involved. Probably your IT people, maybe HR, maybe customer relations people. You know, it's just a different set, and so you definitely need to have a plan sufficiently flexible. But in all of those situations, you're going to need somebody from legal, somebody from IT, somebody from some kind of you know some uh, security role. You almost always need somebody from HR. You almost always need somebody from corporate communications. These significant breaches really touch all aspects of your organization. What potential pitfalls should be avoided by organizations? I think the most important thing to avoid is waiting. There has been enormous criticism of organizations that have waited 10 days to give notice. I think giving notice in 10 days after a significant breach is outstanding. It often takes companies 10 days just to figure out what happened. Particularly, you know, people think, oh, well, if, if you're breached, it should just be so easy to figure out what happened and who was implicated and 
whose data was affected and what data was affected. But that can actually be really quite complicated. I think that the mistake companies make is they sometimes don't move expeditiously enough. You really need to find out that it happened, get the right people involved, and very quickly move to give notice if that's what's required. Because the amount of tolerance the public and the regulators seem to have for delay is lessening. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you. I've been speaking with Miriam Wogmeister, chair of the Global Privacy and Data Security Group at the global law firm Morrison Forrester. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.